Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from nine on 2FM. Let me just take you back all the way back to 10 past nine. Earlier in Newsy Bits, we spoke about weird work schedules, weird hours that you sometimes have to do because your job, um, you know, it's imperative that you do it. And we were asking the question, if long-term shift work is sustainable long-term. So James is a farmer. He was listening in and he's actually doing 19 to 20 hours a day on his farm during lambing season, but said it has to be done because there can be huge implications if he's not there. This was James this morning. You come down to the sheep shed at half three and maybe there's three dead lambs meeting and you go, well, why, didn't I, why wasn't I here the whole night? I'm sort of on my own. There's an awful guilt there for not being here even sure. though you're here 20 hour days, you know what I mean? So do you think it's a bit of a vocation? Oh, you have to love it, yeah. <laughs> it's certainly not for the money. And Danny, the delivery man, said he has been working on shift work for many, many, many years and had some advice on how you can make odd hours work for you. Have a listen to Danny. When I was with the post office, I did night duty from from 12 to a quarter past seven in the morning, 24-7 for a month. And what's the key? How do you how do you not let it play havoc with your health? You treat it like a daily job. Like, you know, most Routine. people go to work during the day to come home, do something around the house. Then they go to bed maybe 10, 11, 12 o'clock and they get up again at 8 or 9. Well, when you work at night, you do the same thing. When you go home, you pass around the house, do whatever job you have to do and then go to bed around 6 or 7 o'clock and you're up at 11 to 12. Well, no stranger to working shifts is Dr. Lisa Cunningham, who is a consultant emergency medicine. And she joins me now on the line. Lisa. Hi, Jennifer. How's things? How are you getting good. on? Good. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, thank you so much. Can I ask you, how long have you been working shifts and what are some of the shifts that you, you work? Yep. Sorry, Jennifer. Just before we go on, can I please just say a big shout out, a mass more to all the colleagues at Wexford Hospital. Go on. A big best wishes to all the family and the patients that are involved. And a huge thanks to all the voluntary, the order mode, to Irish Red Cross, the statutories, the National Ambulance Service, MICAS, everybody that has that logistical nightmare that has to happen now. But I really feel that like the biggest respect out for, there's been so many times that we would mutter those words at a hospital to say, if there was a fire, what would we do? And we do get trained for it. But to have that outcome yesterday where there was no tragedy, it's a big, massive... Unbelievable. I mean, I mentioned it this morning. I mean, this is in fact a really good news story. The the fire safety was in place. A hundred ambulances uh, responded. 207, I think it was, uh, patients got out unharmed. Yeah. Phenomenal We've work. We've literally been on our groups just chatting about it. And I just want to say we're a very small, tight medical and nursing community there. Everybody involved. I just want to say a big shout out to them. Um, so, yeah. The and speaking of, and they're all working around the clock and have been working oh, around the clock since it happened, I can imagine. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I wanted, and we're talking about that this morning. So you're, let's get, get back to you now. How long have you been doing shift work? So I qualified in 2010, so I've been doing it nearly 13 years now as, a, as an intern. And then throughout the um, training, as part of your emergency medicine training, um, emergency medicine obviously is the emergency department, so you're not going to have just a nine-to-five, so we would always have to have shift work throughout the emergency department. But even as an intern, when I happened to specialise, so that was my first year, um, the shift patterns were either 24-hour shifts or 72-hour shifts. And now th- this time has definitely gone, but I definitely remember the 72 hours where you would come in at 9 o'clock on a Friday morning and you would physically leave the hospital at 4 o'clock on a Monday evening. So you would actually be there for the whole lot and you would be on call and you would get whatever sleep that you could get for that. Now, thankfully, that's not a shift pattern really anymore. Mm, okay, good. It just how unhealthy can shift work be? Yeah, so it can be unhealthy as you let it be unhealthy. Right. So let me explain that a little bit. So we, we do need shift work. So I listened there when you were saying about the farmer, the postman. These are all jobs that need to have shift patterns to them to be able 
to maintain society, to have functioning society. There are certain types of people that will actually do more, be more productive with shift work. And I definitely am one of those. And I'd like, I'll speak about that in a few minutes. But shift work, the basis of shift work is getting your sleep pattern right. And this is for everybody listening, that whether you're the nice little lion that's the nine to five person, or if you're somebody who's a wolf like me, probably in the evening time, once you get your shift, or sorry, your sleep pattern in some sort of a regular system, that's what actually gives us our unhealthy habits. That's what gives us our, um, what we call a metabolic syndrome, where you have high blood pressure, obesity, type 2 diabetes, or lends itself to those risk factors if we don't get our sleep right. Sleep is absolutely understated. So if we're working shift work, we have to have our shift patterns, or sorry, sleep patterns right to help reduce that risk. Okay. And how do we know? How do we figure that out? So you're probably going to be a lion. You're probably going to be a person. And when I say lion, I'm talking about these are chronotypes. So there's four basic chronotypes, which are little rhythms that our bodies will go into. So you may be different to me for your sleep. Um, my husband is definitely different to me for my sleep. And your friends will be different to you for your sleep. So the four basic ones, if there's any sleep hygienist or sleep therapist, listed, they'll go on and say about a lot more of it. But there's, the first one would be your lion. So somebody who loves to get up very early in the morning, who likes to be productive in the morning, who goes out to work, really does enjoy that nine to five, would absolutely balk at the thought of having some sort of a shift work pattern in their life. Definitely the husband is one of those. He's up and out at half mm-hmm. five in the morning. He loves it, whereas I'm turning over from my sleep. We also know that there's certain uh, parts of the population, probably about 50 to 20% of the population will be like that. So that's actually where society will cater to for that nice nine to five job. The next one there will be the bear, which is kind of a little bit later in the morning that they like getting up on. Um, my, I, one of my sons is definitely like that, have to drag him out of the beds in the morning at 7 or 8 o'clock for school. He would be loved to sleep until probably about 10 o'clock in the morning. So having that bear type of uh, chronotype actually gives you a little bit more productivity between the hours of kind of four and six in the evening. So for people who would do work patterns with that, if you were doing the nine to five, your productivity and your kind of creativity, et cetera, you're kind of past it at that stage because you're probably really, really tired. Uh, can That's I ask you if, yeah. okay, so let's say you're, um, you have to do shift work, but mm-hmm. your chronotype would say that it, it wouldn't be optimal for you health-wise. Can you change? Can you change that? So our chronotypes are really, the majority of them are genetic, so probably about 70% of them are genetic. So you can't really change your genes. You can definitely adapt to certain parts of it. And this will be, the studies will show that this is probably more evolution. So if we were hunter and gatherers thousands of years ago, you're going to have the people that want to get up in the morning to kind of, you know, hunter and gatherer there. But it's not going to be conducive for the whole group and the herd to all go to sleep at seven o'clock in the evening, next thing get killed by a lion or get killed by a bear later on that night. So you actually had certain patterns of natural selection where people actually were more inclined to be awake later on in the day. And that was probably for to make sure that actually the group herd could actually sense danger later on in the night. So you, that's our genes part of it. You could absolutely adapt it. Mm. And you could be able to try and make it a little bit more constructive. The postman said it perfectly there that when you, when you do nights, so if, I, if I'm doing nights and he comes home early in the morning, like the first thing that people will do is start doing all the housework and the bits and pieces. And you treat it like your normal day flipped. Sleep hygiene. Is that what it's called? Yeah. You know, have good oh, routine. Wow. You know, make sure you're doing this because that's that's the important part, isn't it, Lisa? It's not necessarily what time you're going. It's it's having yeah. a routine so your body exactly. knows this is when we rest, this is when we work, and figuring that out. I mean, I mean, some people do shift work for years and years and years, and sometimes when I listen to some nurses, uh, nurse friends, or uh, whatever industry, and they do shift work, friends that I have, I find, oh my god, that is quite cruel what you're doing. I feel that employers can be a little better 
in a sense of minding people when they do shift work? I mean, would it be an idea for employers where possible to ask an employee what shift might suit them best and try a schedule that suits their hours and their body clock? That's actually been done probably over the last 10 years, a lot more research into it. There are employers that are definitely recognising that, especially the Scandinavian countries, Japan as well. Mm. They actually have asked um, employees you know, what shift pattern do you prefer? Do you prefer this, etc.? And they've actually started, some employers have started to reward their employees for actually sleeping more than seven hours. So regardless of what you're actually doing, because we know that if you sleep a good standard of sleep, you actually are better productive and creativity. Olympic medals, Olympic medals are actually more won and the uh, record's broken between four and seven in the evening. And that is absolutely no coincidence because there are certain people that would be more creative, productive, and there's a whole metabolic phase that happens with you at certain times of the day that will be able to allow you to be your best maximum potential. So for employers, there's actually benefit to having your employees well-rested, never mind the health benefits for the actual employee themselves, before the business is very conducive as well. Okay, well, let's talk about naps then, okay? Yes. And how to nap properly. Because <laughs> I, sus- I suspect, you know, there's a certain time, uh, you know, a power. let's talk about the power nap, for example. Yeah, I mean, is there a certain time that should be done? Uh, so it depends on what time, like, if, so if you're doing a shift pattern that you're working at night time, when you're working from 8 in the evening to 8 at night, we normally have probably between 3 and 6 a.m., a little bit of a lull. So that would be your perfect time to have the power nap. I heard earlier on you were saying about the texter that said how she was having naps in the canteen mm. earlier on. But, you know, probably not the best environment to have your nap in. But like naps and siestas are routine in certain parts of Europe. And there's those sleep pods that the Japanese have so that they know that these power naps are actually really, really good for people, especially when they're not that nine to five lion that likes to get up early, etc. But those power naps actually helps to kind of restore you a little bit and then you're able to go on that a little bit further and then have a little bit more creativity. So, yes, power naps are very good. Okay. 40 minutes to an hour will be your max of a power okay. nap. Okay, 40 minutes to an hour if you need that little uh, energy boost. Uh, what can family members or friends do to help if someone they live with works shifts? Well, don't call around at 2 o'clock in the day when you're working nights. <laughs> That's one thing. And, like, what I actually do is, you know, if I'm working shift patterns in that way, um, and I've got three young kids, if I'm working throughout the night, I'm working, I'm sleeping throughout the day, they know that I'm working throughout the night. So they'll try and kind of be as quiet as they can get out of school and as quiet as they can come in. But the, the onus is also on me. Get your earplugs in, put down your eye mask as well, making sure that you have absolutely no phones or rooms or um, TVs in your room. Even for me, I'm an absolute thinker. I want to be thinking, oh God, I have the laundry to do now, I have this to do, I have to post that, I have to email that. Even physically writing down a to-do list before you go to bed and leave it outside your bedroom is something that you could do for the whole rest of your family. The friends, it's one of my friends, she's like, I'll call over to you now at two o'clock. I'll say, great. And I'll call to your house at two o'clock in the morning when I'm on break. How about that? So friends, just to recognize that actually, if you flip it in reverse, just leave the person sleep throughout the day. And if you can get that six, seven hour, good hour of sleep that you have, then you'll be able to have your friend and your family back afterwards. So you think if you have good sleep hygiene, if you master the naps and the sleeping and your circadian rhythm and getting that down where you're in a routine, a good routine, you can have uh, you can have longevity if you're working shifts. Like you can do it for a couple of years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just getting that sleep pattern right. Look at babies. Babies sleep a good bit. They grow. Their metabolic phases are absolutely huge throughout 
you could put a child at a, a baby at a baby grow one night, wake up in the morning, they've almost stretched out of it. I say this to my kids to even say that this is how important sleep is to us. When you physically see that you actually grow overnight as a child, you can imagine the processes that goes on in our body to rest and restore us as adults overnight. Even the case of having a big massive meal in the middle of the night, if you're on shift work, your body, if it's not used to it, or if your gut is kind of in that nice prototype where you're not used to, ha- you're ha- used to rest and digestion during the night, if you feed it with a big pizza at three o'clock in the morning, it's almost gone into a bit of a horror state going, what the hell is mm. this overwhelm that's going on here? So even get the foods right that you have, and there's a huge amount of information that you can get for that, but getting your sleep right for any shift work patterns is absolutely key to So if you ha- yeah, if you have to do it, do it right and get yourself educated on how to do it right. It'll make a huge difference to your life. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us today. There we go. That was Dr. Lisa Cunningham speaking about the health implications of work and shift hours and just giving us some tips about how to reduce the risk. So it can be done for a long period of time if you do it right. Jennifer Zapparelli. Weekday morning from 9 on 2FM.